Well, we are, uh, we're wrapping up this series called Big Church today. And I want to tell you that as we're getting started today, uh, this isn't a typical message. And so when you leave later on today and you say to yourself, well, that message was a little bit different than usual. Well, I told you in advance that it's just a little bit of a different message. But we've been going through this big church series and specifically looking at the book of Acts and, uh, you know, talking about, you know, what does this mean for us? Today, You know, why do we call this series Big Church? Well, it's not because we are a big church. Uh, it's not because we're obsessed with becoming a church, a big church. Uh, it has nothing to do with a building or a place or anything like that. But we believe that the church of Jesus Christ is a very big deal. And that's for Genesis Church, too, that we have been trusted with a very big message, the message that Jesus is the risen Christ the son of the living God. And over these last weeks, as we've been looking at the book of Acts together, uh, we've discovered some things. We've discovered again that the church in its beginning wasn't about a building or a worship service, but about a movement. And it was a movement of people. It was a movement of eyewitnesses that had this great opportunity to see the resurrected Jesus with their own eyes and to hear him speak with their own ears. And, And so the news got around. I mean, nothing could stop them. Nothing could prevent them uh, from keeping this news in. And, and so there were all these men and women and children and people like the Apostle Paul, who we looked at a couple of weeks ago, and how he started out as an enemy of the church, the number one in- inquisitor, uh, but God got a hold of his life and changed him and shaped him. And he became a key instrument, a key part in taking the message of Jesus to the rest of the world. I mean, he's part of the reason why 2,000 years later we're still talking about the name of Jesus. And I just think it's real fascinating that while the Roman Empire, one of the greatest empires this world has ever seen, can only be encountered by history books, you know, the name of Jesus is still praised today. I mean, 2,000 years later, there are churches all over the globe, even this morning, that are lifting up and celebrating the name of Jesus Christ. Uh, But 2,000 years ago, 2,000 years ago, he lived and he died and he rose from the dead. And, And now we're here today. And over the last 2,000 years, you know, the church has seen some great days. The church has seen some very challenging days and times too. And thankfully, those were the exception and not the rule. Because all along the way, there's always been a group of people who get it and who respond and who are willing to give their lives uh, for the name of Jesus Christ. And so I just think that as we bring this to an end today, you know, one of the implications of this series for you and me to address is this one, that the church that our kids and the church that our grandkids inherit will be the church that we leave them. It's going to be the church that we leave them. And last week we talked about the message of the church and how the message of the church still matters today. I mean, it does. It matters in a day when nature is brutal, uh, when nature can be ugly. I mean, our human nature is the same, but the fruit of the Spirit, I mean, when God gets a hold of your life, when God, you know, moves in and he changes you, I mean, in other words, the results of following Jesus are very desirable things. That when the Holy Spirit is at work in and around us, I mean, we are no longer slaves to our human nature, but we can rise above nature. I mean, when God is working in your life, when you give him permission to do his greatest work in your life, and as we were reminded in that that great teaching by Andy Stanley last week, we're not only stewards of eternal life, the message of eternal life, but we're also stewards of a message of a better life. That the way you live, the way you act, and every decision that you make, the way that you treat and you serve other people, I mean, it really and truly does make a difference. So your life matters, and the church matters, and Genesis Church and the work that we've been called to, it matters. But what we need to answer today, what we need to answer, the question that we need to respond to today is this one. 
Well, the message of the church, and specifically this church, will it matter tomorrow? I mean, will the message of this church, you know, specifically Genesis Church, and what we stand for and what we celebrate, will it matter tomorrow? So again, as we bring this big church series to a close today, what we want to do is we want to take a look at not only what it means for our generation, but what is it going to mean for the generations that come after us? I mean, this ecclesia, you know, this church, Genesis Church specifically, what contribution are we going to make today, but also to the generations that will come after us? And so for today, here's what we're going to do. And, and, and for some of you, this will be a bit of a review today, but review's good, all right? I think we all need to come back and we need to review once in a while. Uh, but just talking a little bit about what's Genesis Church, who are we, and what has God called us to do um, but for some of you, you're brand new today and, you know, or maybe you've just been coming for a little while. And so I think you might find today very helpful in understanding a little bit more about Genesis, our mission and, and what we hope to do. And, and, and I want you to hang with me because no matter where you are in all of this, I've got some very specific challenges for each of us today at the end. And also just a really huge announcement uh, for our church that I'll, I'll share with you at the end. Um, the mission of our church is this. The mission of our church is helping people find their way back to God. And that mission comes right out of Matthew 28, 19, when in his very last moments on this earth, before ascending into heaven, Jesus said these words, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Now, we often refer to this as the Great Commission. Again, our mission, our passion comes right out of this. But specifically, helping people find their way back to God comes from another place in Scripture. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, when Paul was writing to a church in Corinth, and in verse 17, he says this, anyone who believes in Christ is a new creation. And that's good news, all right? That's good news for me and for you, for anyone who has surrendered their life to Jesus Christ, that when you invite him in, the old is gone, as Paul says, the new has come, and it's all from God. And he brought us back to himself through Christ's death on the cross, and he has given us the task. Now hear this. He has given us the task, you and me, the task of bringing others back to him through Christ. That comes through Jesus Christ. Now, some people, some of you might hear or you'll read our mission statement and you'll think to yourself, you know what, that, that doesn't seem very deep. All right, you know, I mean, that, that seems all about increasing numbers and that seems all about new people. But what about me? You know, I know Jesus Christ is my Savior. And so what does this have to do for me? Well, listen, it, it, we're not saying helping people find their way back to church. We're talking about helping people find their way back to God. Now, that's a journey for all of us that won't end until heaven. You know, God is still working. I don't know about you, but God's still working on my life. He's still working in me. I mean, he's got a lot of work to do in me still. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm covered by the grace of God. You know, I, when I surrendered my life to Jesus Christ and was baptized, you know, I believe that, that my eternity was, was shaped. It, it changed forever in that moment. And, and you can have that confidence, too, about God's great work in you. But God's work of transformation in my life is a process. And in your life, it's a process, and it's something that continues. It's a lifelong sort of work. The Apostle Paul addressed that in Philippians chapter 3 when he said, you know, forgetting what is behind, because that's important to the process of transformation, and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. You know, here Paul reminds us that this work of God in our lives is a lifelong process that will not come to an end until we stand before our Savior in heaven 
one day. It's a day-by-day, lifelong sort of process. And so we just take the commands of Jesus and Scripture and the good news of forgiveness to take that message of forgiveness to our friends and to our family and to your neighbors and the people you go to class with, the, the people that you, you know, live around. Uh, we take them. We want to take them very seriously. And I can't think of any greater way to know and to become more like Jesus than to try and live as he did to do what he said to do. Go live like this. And, you know, so that, that's where we get our mission. That's where we get our passion is directly from Jesus. And so if you're looking for a church where you say, you know what, I want to make a significant contribution. I, I want to be a part of the work uh, of leading people back to the Savior and being changed in the process, you know, then Genesis is probably your kind of a church. If, if you're looking for a church where you can just simply get pumped up on knowledge, Genesis is probably not your church, and honestly, I'm not that smart, you know, to be able to to do that or offer that for you. But again, if you're looking for a church that holds high the word of God, and again, we're just making every effort. I can't say that we have it figured out, but we're making every effort to live the way Jesus lived. Um, Well, that's just the direction we're going. I mean, that's where we're headed. Now, we get lots of questions from people all the time, questions like, well, so I want to get more involved. Genesis has got to have a membership program. I mean, what does it mean? How do I become a member at Genesis Church. Well, I just want you to know that we don't have membership at Genesis. And I, I like the way that one pastor said it. He said, you know, um, so, some churches have members. Members have rights. Uh, he says, our church has owners. Owners have responsibilities. And you know what? We don't call them owners here, but that's kind of the way we are too. I mean, we don't have membership, but for anyone who would say, hey, you know, what does it mean for me to say Genesis Church is my church? What do I got to do? We just say, prove it. I mean, just just prove it. I mean, you know, you don't have to sign a form, but we're just going to ask you to prove it in your actions. And as a way of helping you in doing this, uh, we focus on helping people what become what we call 3C followers of Jesus. And so, you know, to the question, you know, someone, if, if I were to say, do you want to make Genesis your church? Uh, we point to the three C's. Or, you know, do you want to grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ? We're going to point you right to the three C's and say, you know, it's about the three C's. You know, there are three C's. We say celebrate, connect, and and contribute. And and you can write these down in your notes if you want. But we believe that if someone is, if anyone is growing in their relationship with God, if you're obedient, if you're following Jesus, then you will be active and participating and growing in all three of these C's at Genesis Church. And they're different for every single one of us. But the first C is this. It's, it's well, just what we say, celebrate. You know, celebrate is a part of who we are. Celebrate's all about worship. And for many people, celebrate starts with everything that we do here on Sundays. And in its simplest form, you know, celebrate means making worship a priority in your life every single week. And as you grow, you know, worship or celebrate for you won't end with a 70 minute worship service on a Sunday morning, but celebrate is something that you do all week long, all year long in everything that you do. So just to start, do you want to make Genesis your church? We'd start by saying, make worship Sunday worship a priority in your life and your schedule. Now, for some of you, that's easy. All right. Cause you've been doing that for a long time and you just know what it means that, Hey, Sunday's just a part of of my life. Going to church is a part of my life. And so you've been doing that for a long time, but we also know that for others, it's new, right? I mean, it's a new way of life. It's a new habit that you're forming, but it's a great one. And I I remember talking with somebody recently who just said, hey, we haven't been coming here very long and really going to church very long, but by the time Thursday rolls around, we can't wait for Sunday to get here. 
And, and Sundays matter. They really do. In your walk with God, in your walk with Jesus Christ, Sundays matter. And Sundays are a big part of who we are as a church. And it's important for you, but it's important for others too. And, and, and I'm not saying that something else important won't come up from time to time that takes you away from here. We're not getting legalistic on attendance, all right? That's not the goal in any way. But, but I will tell you that you know, making worship with your church as a priority is more important than any football game, tea time, or sleeping in you know, on a Sunday morning. It, it's like what the writer of Hebrews says in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24, just addressing the fact that people weren't coming together to worship. He says, And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. You know, we celebrate, we worship every Sunday so that you and I, so that we can grow in our faith, but also so that we can be an encouragement to one another. And so celebrate's a big part of who we are. And it's a part of what it means to call Genesis your church. And we want Sundays and this time of worship to be an encouragement for you, but celebrating's not where it ends. The second C is connect. And we believe that anyone, everyone at Genesis Church, you know, who wants to live a life like Jesus lived, anyone who wants to truly follow him, you can't do life alone. I mean, you and I were made for one another. And so at Genesis, we offer groups. You know, we call them connection groups. And groups are a great way for you to get around others. You know, and they're not perfect. You're not perfect. This church is made up of imperfect people. But groups are a great place to get with others who also, maybe like you, want to get the very most, the best out of life. Um, I'm currently a part of a group, you know, our, our men's group. We meet every Wednesday morning at 6.30. Many of you are meeting in groups, and you've been with the same group for a really long time. In fact, I, I was able to be a part. I, I, I performed a wedding, did a wedding on Friday night, and it was just so cool for this family to see so many members of their connection group that were there uh, for this particular celebration. Some of you are in new groups with new people, and that's fun and exciting to be around others who are new with you as well. You know, some of our groups are reading and studying the Bible together. You know, others uh, of our groups are reading books that are pointing people towards the Bible and how we live our lives and the decisions that we make. But the question is, are you connected? I mean, if you say Genesis is my church, well, then can I ask you, are you connected? Are you in intentional relationship? Are you in community with other people? And if not, why not? I mean, what's keeping you from from getting into a group with someone else? And I know the quick answer on that might be, well, I'm just really busy or you know what, honestly, I just don't really know if I need it anymore. Well, you may not think you need it, but maybe God wants to use you in a group. I mean, maybe he even wants to use some of the progress that you've made in your walk with Christ for the benefit of someone else. And so groups are a big part of what it means to call Genesis your church and is a growing church. Um, I, I believe this is a very vital part of our future and how we grow together. And so are you connected? So we talk about celebrate, we talk about connect, and the third one is we talk about contribute. Now, to contribute means to give of your time, it means to give of your talent, and it means to give of your treasure to Genesis. It it means you play a part, an active part in the ministry of this church. And, you know, we've talked for the last few weeks about what it means for you and me to step up and to say, hey, I want to be the church. We've just said specifically, be the church. And this is where it comes from. It comes right out of this third C the third C that we say is contribute. So if you're growing and if you want to continue growing or go deeper in your relationship with Jesus Christ, I think you're going to find a place to serve and you're going to open up your heart and your life for God to do a greater work in you and you're going to give of your time to the work of this church. 
And so contribute means to give of your time, but a big part of what it means to contribute at Genesis also has to do with your financial gifts. And it has to do with your generosity. And it's your giving. And we'll talk about that in just a second. And so, you know, I'll ask you, are you giving your time? You know, are you giving of your financial resources? Are you giving of your service? It, it's what it means to contribute at Genesis. And it's a big part of what it means to say, Genesis is my church. So three C's. Celebrate, connect, and contribute. And, uh, you know, that's what we do here. Uh, that's what guides us. That's what can guide you you know, and trust me, and I, I want to say this very clearly, these aren't finish lines, all right? These are starting points, all right? And so let's not ever get to the place where we think, you know what, I've gone as far as I can go in any of these three areas. I guarantee you that if you think you've reached the end, that God has, he, he's got a little more distance uh, for you to cover in that. And so it is something that keeps grow, going, and we can grow, and we can go deeper with him in that. So now, I want to shift gears with you just a little bit, and, and here's what I want to do next. Um, as you think, And as you have on your mind each of these three C's and what they mean for you and what they mean for our church and what they mean for our mission and the church that we want to leave uh, for the generations that will come after us, um, I want to give you four very specific challenges today. All right, four specific challenges, no matter where you are in your walk with Christ right now, four specific challenges. And one of the themes that has emerged over these last weeks in our big church series has everything to do with the word bold. All right, and I'm a little embarrassed. I forgot to wear my bold wristband today, and I have been wearing it, I promise. But just to check, how, how many of you have got your Be Bold wristband on? All right, we've got some hands around the room. You've got to take it off once in a while. All right, you've got to get that arm clean and, and get it off. So I, I forgot to put mine back on today. But we've been talking about what it means to be bold, that 2,000 years ago people were willing to give their physical lives for the sake of Jesus. And I don't know if we're at a place like that today. I mean, depending on where you live, but... You know, what, what does that mean for you and me? If they would give their lives for Jesus, like what would I do for him? And so with that in mind, I want to offer four very specific challenges, bold challenges for you to be thinking about, to take with you as you leave and you respond as God leads you today because it's all about advancing the name of Jesus, all right? The first one is this. I want to challenge you to be bold with your invitations, to be bold with your invites. You know, we work really hard to make this a church where unchurched people and church people, you know, love to come and we don't want that to end. And I, I've got to tell you, I, I'm really encouraged, you know, by those of you who call Genesis your church and you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And again, you want to be used by God and you're ready. You want to make a significant contribution. But I also want to say this today that I'm also really excited for those of you that you're here and you're seeking and you are not yet at a place where you would say, yeah, I know Jesus is my Lord and Savior, but you're hungry. And I just want to remind you that you are welcome here and you just keep coming and just keep asking questions and you take all of the time that you need because you are a big part of this church and what we believe that we're called to do. Uh, But let's be bold with our invites, you know, and be the church in this way. Invite people to Genesis and not because we need to get bigger, But again, because we have a great big message, a message that really does change everything today. And and there are plenty of people living around you and maybe even in your home right now. And they're living without the hope of knowing Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And and because we believe that everyone will die and end up somewhere someday, uh, let's do everything. Let's strive for the passion of the first century church. Again, because we've got a great message, a message that we want to make sure everyone knows and can respond to. But 
I do want to add this, and, and I, can, I, can I just say this? One of the temptations that's going to creep in from time to time is to look around and think to ourselves, haven't we done enough yet? Like, why keep inviting when, you know, this room is packed full or, you know, we launched a campus and, I mean, at, at any point, can we just kind of chill out a little bit and say, hey, we've kind of done our work, done our part? We can't do that. I mean, we can't live like that. I mean, that, I mean, that's kind of like sort of saying to everyone else standing outside looking in, I mean, you can, you can go to hell. I mean, and I know that none of us wants that. And I know that's a pretty extreme to even say that like that, but, but I know that's not the heart of this church. And I'm pretty confident that that's not the heart of anyone here. And so look, let's hold each other accountable in that. Let's, let's encourage one another in that because I just, again, think that that temptation will creep in from time to time. But let's be bold with our invites. I mean, who is it in your life? You know, make the ask, invite them to, you know, a service with you at Genesis. Let's be bold. Let's not be afraid because there are people around you in your life right now on purpose and for a reason. And God is ready to use you. Now, I also have to add one thing. This is like a second service only sort of a be bold reminder. Um, I I need to remind you and ask you to be bold with your seat, um, to be bold with where you sit. Um, Hey, I'm not going to lie. 1030 service is fun. I mean, it's a lot of fun. We know that we're going to be jam-packed full every time at 1030. And it's fun. And people enjoy being here. I mean, it's part of the reason why you're here at 1030. But I got to tell you, um, we're, we're packing it out at 1030. And the stats say, the research says that new people, they'll come to the most optimal hour of worship. And that would be our 1030 service. And again, people get paid to do this. There are groups, there has research that's been done that says that if your auditorium is 70 to 80% full, new people are more likely to walk in and not return because their thought process is there's, there's probably too many people here. And, and you might be looking around and say, well, there's some seats here or there or whatever, but just imagine being a family five and walking in and trying to find five seats and it's already a little spooky, scary, you know, trying to figure out, you know, how this place works. But so could I just ask you, would you consider, would, would you be bold with where you sit? We have three services on Sunday morning, 450 chairs in the auditorium. We've got room for 1,300 people in worship each week. You can't all come at 1030. And again, I know you love being here. And, and for some of you, you've got a very legitimate reason for coming at 1030. But if you don't, and you've got that flexibility in your life, I mean, you, you could make a difference for someone else by saying, you know what, we're going to come at 9 or we're going to come at 12. Um, I could really use your help here. We could use your help. And so if you'll keep that in mind and consider taking that step, it could really help. So be bold. Be bold with your invites. The second challenge is this. I want to challenge you to be bold with your serving. Uh, You are the church. I mean, we are. You know, I am. God could choose to do his work without us, but that's not the way he rolls. Um, He uses people like you and me. It's like 2 Corinthians chapter 5 says he is making his appeal through us. We are Christ's ambassadors. And and I want to stop there and I want to say thank you uh, to all of you and how you've responded over these last few weeks through our Be the Church, where we've just said, hey, if you're not on a team, would you get on a team? And and we've had something like 80 new people that have responded and said, yes, you can count me in. I'll get on a team. and, And we're taking those steps and we'd love to help you in that. If you didn't get a chance or maybe you didn't check a box yet, uh, we still have room, you know, especially in our Gen Kids ministry right now. We could really use your help. You could make a great contribution in this area. And I know that for some of you, I mean, you're, you're going to take a pass on serving. 
And, and maybe you'd say, well, it's because I'm, I'm too busy. I've got too many things that are going on right now. You know, here's the thing. Every Sunday when you walk into the building, you pass greeters who are very busy people. And you pick up a cup of coffee, and it's served by a group of very busy people. You drop off your children in our Gen Kids ministry, and every single one of them are very busy. Let's just face it, we're all very busy people. And I know that there are going to be seasons where, again, we all have very legitimate reasons for maybe taking a break, taking a season off. But it's going to take every single one of us. And so I want to challenge you, if you're not in the game, to get in the game with us and to find a place to serve. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, uh, it says it like this, For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. That means that before you were born, God had already put certain things, certain gifts and potential in you for a greater work, a greater cause through his church. And if you're not opening up the door of your life to be used by him, you're missing out and this church is missing out and you can make a great contribution through your service. So would you be bold through your serving? Would you be bold that if you're taking a break uh, from serving and maybe you've been on a break for a while, maybe your bold step is to get back in. Uh, Maybe your bold step is that you've just kind of been filling a slot here and you know that your attitude's not been right in that, uh, but maybe to open up your life and your heart to God and say, God, would you use me? Would you really change my heart and use me uh, in a greater way? You know, maybe your bold step is that you've been asked maybe over and over again to take on a leadership role or something and you keep saying no and, and maybe it's time to say yes. Maybe that's your bold response or maybe god maybe god has in mind a greater serving role for you not here and not in this building but outside of this building and in the community where you can go and be the church guess what that counts let's be bold in our serving you know let's look for ways to say yes to god what is it that he wants to do in you Uh, the third challenge that i have for you is i'm going to challenge you to be bold in your giving to be bold with your giving and i'm talking about financial giving here And again, we believe anyone who is growing in Christ will be active in all three C's. It's not a buffet, all right? We're not talking about orange leaf, fro-yo, yogurt, where I'll I'll take two of the C's, but, you know, I'm going to pass on this one or whatever. I mean, it's it's about saying, you know, I want to grow. I want to participate in each of these three areas. And so I hope no one, you know, hears this specific challenge within our contributor area and says, well, I'm really, yeah, I'm into the other two, but I'm just not really into the, the third one. Look, look what's happening in the book of Acts. In Acts chapter 2, 2,000 years ago, even with everything that was happening, in Acts 2.44, it says, All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions and gave to anyone in need. You know, in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, Paul talks about this church in Macedonia. He's writing to the church in Corinth, but he's using this church in Macedonia as an example. And he talked about how even though, even though the people of this church faced great challenges and turmoil and trouble, they still gave generously and they still gave with great joy. And in verse 7, Paul says, I want you, and he's talking to all of us now, even 2,000 years later, he says, I want you to excel in this gracious gift of giving. And then he goes on to say, giving, and again, he's talking specifically about financial giving here. Listen to this. Giving is one way to prove that it is real. Now think about that for a second. I mean, we've got this picture of people selling their houses, people selling anything and everything to give to the church and one another. And then Paul comes along and says, I want you to excel in this giving. And giving generously is one way you prove that it is real. 
Now, I'm not asking you to sell your house or your car or your boat or to cash in a fund and give it to the church. I'm not asking you to do that. But if God asked, would you? I don't know if I could say I would. I mean, do you trust him with your financial resources? Do you believe that everything that you have, first and foremost, is a gift from him? It belongs to him. And if so, if you believe that, are you giving anything back to his work, whether it be through the church you attend or specifically through Genesis Church? God wants to do that work in you. Now, at this point, if you're new, you're probably thinking to yourself, there it is. Just like every other church, it always comes back to money. Well, now let me just give you some relief in this. If you're new to Genesis today, this isn't for you. All right? Um, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, again, this isn't for you. You get a pass on this. But if you're a Christian and you call Genesis your church, then yes, this challenge is very specifically for you because God commands us to give. It's one of the ways that we prove that it is real. You know, and, and giving plays a significant work in the work, it, the, the work that he wants to do in your heart and in my heart because remember, it's a process His desire for you and me is that we'll be generous in all things. It's where we see everything that we have or have received as a gift from God. And when we return a portion to him, we're acknowledging that. And it's why Paul said, again, I want you to excel in this gift of giving. It's one way to prove through your giving that it's real for you. And so if you call Genesis your church, if you call Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want to challenge you to take a step in this area of giving. Now, where does it start? Well, the challenge is just basically this. For those of you, and you're here, and again, this is your church, and if you're not giving, I want to challenge you to give something. Just start giving something. As a way, as an action of saying, God, I'm opening up my life to you. I acknowledge that it's all from you. I'm trusting you with all that you've given me. And so just just give something. You know, each week or each month or something. Just get into that practice because you have you have no idea your giving can make an incredible difference in in your life or in the life of someone else and and so work towards making giving a discipline uh something a discipline in your life now if you say well i don't have a job or i don't make that much or you know we're going through a a really horrible time right now where i'm a student hey i I won't try and uh, pretend to understand your situation or even address each and every situation i mean this is for you and for God, but what I want you to see and what I want you to remember is that it's never about an amount. I mean, the Bible is full of examples of people that uh, giving what they had and even out of their own poverty. I mean, you could say it's not about equal gifts, but it's about equal sacrifice. And, and, and what if you're giving already? What if you're tithing already? I want to take a moment and say thank you. And you may not think it makes a big difference, but you have no idea how your giving and your generosity is making a huge difference at genesis church and what we do every sunday and all week long and opening a campus now in carmel and and i don't want to give you the impression that i'm not grateful for your giving but for those of you that are giving and giving regularly i I want to challenge you as i'm being challenged in this too that let's not ever get too comfortable because again these are just starting lines not finish lines for us And remember, giving something or even 10%, again, it's not the finish line. And so I I like what a friend says. He says, um, generosity begins at 10%. Now, you can wrestle through that of whether you feel like that's right or correct or not. But if you believe that, if you really do believe that generosity begins at 10%, well, then let me just ask you, how are you doing right now? 
And, and for those of you, maybe you're giving 1% or maybe you're giving 5% or maybe you're giving 10% or 20% or something like that. Um, I, again, I'm so grateful for your regular giving, but can I, can I challenge you in something? You know, could it be, could God be ready to take a step with you? You know, even in your giving. So I, I want to challenge you to, to maybe take that step. And, and so if you're giving 1%, what would it look like for you to up that and say, I'm going to start giving 2%? Or if you're giving 5% to say, you know, I'm going to take a step and I'm going to give 6%. Or I'm giving 10%. And maybe you've given 10% for 20 years. You know, what would it look like for you to take a step with God and say, you know what, I'm, I'm going to start giving 11%. I mean, your, your, your increased giving can go a long way. And if you've got a little comfortable with what you give, consider trusting God with a small step of faith. Again, it's a heart issue. I mean, that's what God's after. He's after our heart and his desire for us is generosity in our giving because he knows, again, he knows that giving is the way to your heart. And if he can get to your heart, I mean, there's no telling what he can do in your life and what he would be willing to do in my life. Because every time you give, you make a statement that, God, I trust you. My faith is in you and you are my first priority. So give something or do something, make a move. You know, let, let, let's not sit this out. But let's be reminded, again, I, I want to say this. Genesis, you are a very generous church. And your giving and your gifts are making a big difference. And, and without your ongoing gifts and sacrifices, we would not be able to do what we've done so far. And, and I'm thankful for you in this, but, but here's the truth. We can all keep giving what we give, and we'd see some really special things. You know, there'd be some cool things that over the years would continue to take place in this church and even in this community and in places like Haiti. But if we really want to make a tremendous difference, like a God-sized sort of a difference in this community all across central Indiana, it's going to take more than what we're giving now and doing now, and it's going to take every single one of us. Wrestle with this for just a moment. I mean, think about this on your way home even today. Can you imagine what would take place in this church and around us if everyone gave generously? If everyone just opened up their life and said, you know what, I'm going to trust God and I'm going to give generously to his work through this church, we'd never have to take up a special offering. We wouldn't have to do it. We'd probably buy this building and be done with rent payments. Um, we could raise up more men and women for full-time ministry, you know, in and around this community. We, we could take on a challenge and we could say, you know what, here's what we're going to do in central Indiana, even in Hamilton County. And, and there, there, there are people that are living in these sort of situations right now. We could say, no kid ever goes without a meal. No kid ever goes without clothes or, or a coat. I mean, you could take on, you could tackle challenges like that. With everyone giving generously, we wouldn't be able to open up campuses fast enough to help people find their way back to God. So would you be bold in your giving? Would you pray about it? Would you think about taking a step? Start giving something. Uh, increase your giving percentage. Ask God and follow it up with some action to do a greater work in your heart as you trust him. Uh, the fourth challenge is this one. It's to be bold with your prayers. I, I just want to ask you to be very bold uh, in the way that you pray. And very quickly, I, I just want to share with you some things that I'm praying about. Uh, maybe these are on your list. Maybe these can go on your list. Uh, but would you pray this way? Would you pray boldly for more decisions for Jesus Christ? That, that we can't set this thing up often enough, you know? Would you just pray for more decisions for Jesus Christ and pray specifically? Pray for your husband. Don't stop praying. Pray for your wife. 
Uh, Pray for a family member, a friend, the people that are around you right now. Let's pray specifically and with names and faces in mind. The second thing is, would you pray for discipleship? Uh, We've we've got some work to do. Uh, It is so exciting to help people cross the line into faith and to get started in their faith. But we know that we've got some work to do as a church to help people take the journey. People like you and me, where do I go from here? How can I really grow in my faith and my understanding of Jesus Christ? So would you pray specifically about that process and how we can continue in it? Um, The third thing is just pray for 3C followers. Uh, This is every one of us. Again, these aren't, you know, finish lines. These are starting points, but that will open up every single one of us open up our lives and say, God, you've got my heart. You've got me. What is the work that you want to do in me? Uh, The fourth thing, and this is very specific, but I'd like to ask you to pray that we could sell our property as a church. Uh, You may or may not know this, but Genesis Church about six years ago, before I ever got here, um, followed God's lead and and purchased nine acres of property out on the corner of 32 and Gray Road uh, with the intention, with the desire of building a brand new building one day. And that was the right decision at that time. But sometimes God works in mysterious ways. And a few years ago, we really felt the, 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 the move of God in us that that's not his plan. We're not going to build a church out there. And so for the last three years, that property has been for sale, and it's still for sale. And every month, without air, we pay a $2,000 payment to pay for that property. You help give so that we can, we can pay towards that payment. We'd love for that to go away. I mean, we'd love for someone else to come along and to take that property and to be able to use it and to free up those resources so that we could direct them somewhere else. We've been praying about it. I've been praying about it. I'm inviting you today. Would you pray boldly for me in this? And let's look forward to the day that God answers that prayer and we can celebrate that here on a Sunday morning. And the last thing is this one. It's just bold vision. Uh, bold steps as a church, you know, really celebrating the growth around us, but the courage to keep moving ahead. We want to be a multiplying, reproducing church in this community. And we've talked about things like, you know, what would happen? Could we, over the next 20 years, help start 20 new things here in central Indiana, new campuses, uh, new churches, uh, the start of new ministries, 20 new things that are all helping people find their way back to God. And again, in July, we had the pleasure of launching our very first campus in Carmel, and great things are happening there today. They're hosting their very first intro to Genesis. Uh, After the 1030 service this morning, they have over 30 people signed up uh, to come to the very first intro to Genesis in Carmel, and those are all new people, and and that's so cool. Um, But I also want to share with you, uh, just as we get ready to close here, something very exciting uh, that's happening uh, through Genesis Church, something that we get to be a part of, something that we get to pray for and we get to celebrate. Uh, But it does involve a a little bit of change. Uh, If you haven't heard yet, many of you know uh, Josh and Heidi Tandy. They were in the baptismal just a few minutes ago and have been serving here at Genesis Church for the past few years, where Josh serves as our students pastor and also uh, groups pastor. Well, for the last year or so, and Josh came to me about a year ago and said, hey, um, I need to let you know what's going on in my heart. Uh, I really believe that God is getting me ready to take my leadership and to take my ministry uh, to a new level. And he just said, hey, Heidi and I are uh, uh, praying about planting a church. And uh, could we have your support in this? And we were like, absolutely. Uh, We're behind you. And so over the past year, they've been working towards this. And uh, they're going to be leaving uh, to go and plant a brand new church. Uh, And they're going home. Josh is going home back to the south side of Indianapolis, uh, to the Greenwood, Indiana area. And uh, I thought you might like to hear it from them.
So you just heard our big news. We are planting a new church. Over the last year, God has consistently been laying out a vision and preparing us to launch a new church plant in the Greenwood area. We look forward to sharing more and more of what's to come in the next couple months and weeks. And we just are excited and confident in the call that the Lord's placed on our lives for what's next for TT. Now we know that there's a lot of work to be done, but we are confident that God is already preparing partners and participants for this new church plan. One of the hard parts about starting a new church is that you have to leave a church. And in this case, it's a church we love very much. A huge part of us wants Genesis to be our forever church. And as we sat in the auditorium for the past couple months knowing this is coming, a huge part of us has mourned for leaving this church and knowing that this day is coming. Genesis has been a place where we have both learned, we've grown, we've healed in so many ways, both as individuals, as, as a couple, as, as partners in ministry, that Genesis is a place that we love, that we respect those that we get to serve with and those that we lead. And as we've talked about boldness in this big church series, we feel like we can't ask you to be bold without being bold ourselves. And as much as this is a big, bold step for us, there is peace that comes in knowing that we're headed where the Lord wants us. And as we face all the daunting challenges, all the things that we have to do in order to get this thing off the ground, we recognize that God is not just in this, but he's leading this. And for us, we're going to need help. We're going to need partners and organizations and churches and individuals. And we look forward to an opportunity of sitting down and telling you the story in more detail and talking about ways you can get involved. But we also look forward to the fact that we're going to be able to partner with Genesis for years to come. So why are we doing this? You know, we've often said that we don't need one more church. We need many more churches. And in fact, God is calling us to a place where there already are healthy, growing churches. But it's simply not enough. Much like Noblesville, about 70% of the population on a given Sunday aren't attending a church. And we are confident that this number, that these statistics, tell us that there's a need. But we're also very excited about the fact that God is calling me back to a place where I grew up an area that I know very well, and I'm very passionate about seeing, seeing the kingdom move forward. We have an opportunity to create a new community that um, goes in the big church's mission of helping people find their way back to God. So there it is. That's what's next for Team Tandy. And above all else, as we respond to God's call, we can't wait to share this journey with you. Hey, will you show that you're excited for them? And some big bear hugs are probably in line today as you see Josh and Heidi. And uh, uh, we, I, I want you to know this, we are behind them 100%. And we believe that central Indiana is full of need for new campuses, like what we've done in Carmel, but is also in need of, of brand new churches, kind of like Genesis Church when they were planted nine years ago. That's what Josh and Heidi are going to do. And we're behind them 100%, and we're going to do that. We're going to show that through our financial resources. Uh, because of your giving, that they're going to be primary partners of ours for the next few years as we support them financially as a brand new church. We're going to support them with our resources because we've been blessed with some great resources we will be able to share with them. Uh, we're going we're gonna to support them with our prayers. Uh, I'm going to invite you to pray for them. You need to let them know specifically if you want to be on their prayer list. You can mark that on your connection card, and Josh and Heidi will add you to that. And maybe we'll support them with people. Now, I know that it would be easy to say, well, that's the south side of India. That's like an hour away. Um, 
I just want you to know that if anyone here, any family here, whether you make that drive or sell your house and move down to the south side, as crazy as that sounds, boy, you've got our blessing. We give you permission to do that, to go be a part of that great and that awesome work. Now, I want you to know from a Genesis side, they've obviously made a great contribution in leadership, especially in the area of student ministry. As an example this morning, um, we'll begin immediately searching for a new student pastor to come onto our team. And uh, while Josh and Heidi will be here with us serving in their role and through January, uh, again, we're going to start that look right away. And so if you want to add to your bold prayers, uh, let's be praying for that next leader that God has in mind uh, for our student ministry. Last thing, we're going to close with a, a song today. This isn't about us. And this big church series and what we're talking about today is not about pumping up or lifting up the name of Genesis Church. This is about making famous the name of Jesus Christ because it is all for Him and it's all for His glory. And that's why we do what we do. And that's why I'm asking you and even for me, let's go be those ambassadors. Let's go make that appeal on behalf of the name of Jesus Christ today. So let's stand. This has been a great song for us. Let's close out this series with this awesome tune.